0: Stand up with us, will you? We are glad that you're in the Lord's house. We want the Lord to do what He wants to do in this place today. Let's worship together.
1: amen. Thank you so much worship team. Y'all can be seated. Good morning everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. Man, I hope you guys were listening to that song, because that's our prayer this morning. We want God, to, His presence, to be in this place today. We want to be sensitive to His presence. We want Him to do something incredible today, right? We want to see God move in, amongst our people and really speak to us today. And I hope that's been your prayer, and I hope you, come, you came expecting me because we believe God is going to be here with us today in this place. It's so good to see everyone. I hope everyone's had a wonderful weekend. It's so good to see you back here at Kavanaugh Church with us and uh, as a church family. I hope you've had some time to fellowship with one another before service and be able to catch up with one another. It's good to be with the family of God. Um, There's so much going on here at Kavanaugh Church throughout the week, and we want to make sure that you're in the know. Um, So if you haven't already, we have a Kavanaugh Church newsletter that goes out every Monday. We want to make sure that you're signed up for that. You can do that on these back iPads. Um, There, it's just your email, and it'll be there to you tomorrow morning. And then also, uh, we, you know, if you want to talk to someone about other classes and things that are going on throughout the week, we would love to meet you outside these back doors, uh, both places, uh, to be able to tell you about our Wednesday night services, C groups, and everything else that's going on throughout the week. Um, but if you're a guest and a first-time member, again, we want to welcome you this morning. Again, we're so thankful that you're here. There's a little Connect card in the chair back in front of you. If you just fill that out and right after service, take that out uh, to this back table, I will be there personally. I want to meet you. I want to meet your family share with you about what's going on in our church and then we got a little gift for you a Chick-fil-A gift card best place in town and several other things that we can we want to give you about our church all right love you guys been praying for you all week just going to ask you now to stand we're going to ask God's blessing on our services today okay great to see you let's pray Lord I love you and again thank you so much for bringing our church family back together God Lord we just we're ready for you today we're ready to hear you um so Lord Help tune our hearts to you as our pastor brings the message today, God, give him the words to, to say, the strength to say it, thank you for the subject today god it's going to be awesome God, but help us to become more like you God we want to you are our God, and we want to be the best people. Ever. And we want to be a light and shining an example to our friends and our family and to everyone that we come in contact with, God. So help us to be it pursuing after your heart today as the word is preached. Be with us as we continue to celebrate the life that you've given us and celebrate what you've done for us on the cross with our worship team and these next few moments. God, we love you in your name. Amen. Turn to those, uh, to those around you, uh, say hi, and go Eagles.
0: Us, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? Yes, it's the same God, He is unchanging. And because we believe that, we can also believe that He is the same God who did miracle working powers from the beginning of time, He can still do miracles and have that power, same power today. So whatever it is that you're facing, he is the God that can do the impossible. Man cannot, but he is the God who can do anything. So whatever it is that you face today, don't lose heart. Just trust in him. Give it to Jesus. He can do the impossible. Miracle power.
2: Of Christ his son when it feels like
0: take another step just can't go forward another day just can't deal with the problem one more minute just to turn to you you are a god who works miracles we praise you father that you have not changed and you are the same yesterday today forever we praise you in this house today all glory all honor and praise goes to our miracle working father we love you in jesus name amen thank you you may be
3: Amen. Amen. What a great song. Boy, I love, I love that song. Uh, When you can't make it, all you got to do is call on Jesus because he can make it. Amen. Amen. Glad that you're here today. Tell you what, before I start preaching, I want to lead you in prayer. We're going to pray for two things. We're going to pray that God opens our hearts and our minds and receives the word of truth that he has for us today. I think there's a, a, a very uh, applicable message that's gonna be preached that you need to hear. Second thing I want you to do is I want you to join with me as we pray for uh, the former pastor of Kavanaugh Church, Brother Carl Cheshire. Uh, Brother Carl was at Kavanaugh for 28 years, and uh, this church would not be the great church it is had it not been for his ministry and his sacrifice and his hard work i received the call from uh, his son philip to this morning and uh, they uh, had taken brother carl back to baptist hospital he is on hospice care and uh, they're just trying to relieve some of the physical pain as he journeys from this life to his new life in heaven so would you pray with me today for brother carl his family And also for our hearts that we receive the word God has for us. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. And I thank you, dear Lord, for this awesome church that we are a part of. Uh, Lord, truly, this is my church for life. I love Kavanaugh Church. I love its people. Lord, I love Brother Carl. And I'm so thankful for his sacrifice and his ministry that he spent here at Kavanaugh Church for 28 years pouring into these people and into this church. And I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be with him. I pray that you would ease his physical pain and his, he makes that journey from this life to his new life in heaven. I pray that joy would fill his hospital room. Lord, bless us in this room. I pray that as I speak on the outside, you would speak on the inside and change our hearts and our lives and dear Lord, make us into the people that you have called us to be. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. One, one of my pastimes, one of the things I do weekly is, is uh, listen to, uh, to podcasts and also watch YouTubes of great preachers, all right? Maybe you don't do that, but, but I kind of do it. I, I get ideals and inspiration and it speaks to me, and, and so I listen to great preachers every week. This past week was my Billy Graham week. Do you you all know the name Billy Graham? Uh, He was a great evangelist. I don't think our world has had another Billy Graham since he's dropped off the scene but what a great evangelist what a great preacher and so I've been watching little snippets of some of his sermons and one of them Jason one of them really stood out to me and in this very short clip that I watched of Billy Graham years ago probably in the the 1960s or early 70s when he preached this he said uh, this is what it takes for you to be a Christian these three things have to occur for you to be born again and a believer he said most people think that a christian is somebody who's a member of a church or attends a house of god weekly or pays their tithes or gives or reads their bible he said those things don't make you a christian he said that's the fruit of being saved you do those things because you are saved Here are three traits of people who are saved. He said, number one, they've made a choice. And I think it comes down to that. You've got to make your choice of what you're going to do with Jesus. And maybe today you're going to have to decide that. What am I going to do with Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of the Bible? It's, It's a choice that you make, a conscious choice to repent of your sins and to invite Jesus into your heart. He said, after you've made that choice, the second thing takes place. There is a change in your life. It happens from the inside out. Literally, the Bible tells us that we become new creations in Jesus Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And can I just say to you, believers in Jesus, that that change has got to occur in your life if you are a born-again believer. God changes you. You don't think the way you used to think. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You don't act the way you used to act. There is a change that has come over you. People will comment on that and say, what's happened to you? There's been a change in your life because they visually see it, they hear it. And if that change has not occurred in your life, you need to ask yourself the question, am I really saved? So again, going back to Billy Graham, I've been adding some stuff. His clip was real short, Joy, but I'm, I'm kind of filling in because my name's Willie, not Billy, but Willie. <laughs> All right, y'all didn't get that, did you? You make the choice, there's the change. But then he says, number three, you accept the challenge. You accept the challenge. It was Jesus who said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And that is the challenge for all of us who are born again. Or to put it as Peter wrote it in 1 Peter chapter 1, we are called to be holy people. So God's challenge for you today is for you to be holy last week we talked about being born again remember that Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus at night and Jesus told Nicodemus you must be born again that is you got to make that choice and then the change comes and you accept the challenge and the challenge for today is that you be holy God said be holy for I am holy And that's my challenge for you today, that you become holy people of God. And by the way, the Bible goes on to say in the book of Hebrews, without holiness, no one will see God. So Freddie, if we want to see God, we must become holy people. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, becoming holy men and women of God. And read what Peter said about it in 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter said to receive this challenge to be holy, we begin to live, number one, with an attitude of hope. 1 Peter 1.13, therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed so there is that challenge we we prepare our hearts and our minds we become self-controlled so that we can be holy people of god and then we must live with a lifestyle of holiness here it is in verses 14 through 16 as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, and God is saying this, be holy because I am holy. So today we're going to talk about God's holiness and then our holiness. And really there are two ways the Bible describes our holiness. First of all, we are made holy holy people this is our position in jesus christ we call it positional sanctification that's a technical term this is our position in christ from the moment we are saved we are god's holy people he has set us apart for himself the bible calls us saints holy ones we are not holy in and of ourselves we are made holy When you invite Jesus into your heart, God makes you holy, he sets you apart, he makes a change in your life. And then also it talks about us becoming holy. This is our practice, not just our position, but our practice. In theological terms we call it progressive sanctification. It has to do with the ongoing process of sanctification in our lives whereby every day our lives are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Every day I am becoming more holy in the way I live. I am to be more holy today than I was yesterday. That's why Peter said, be holy in all that you do. So we are striving to live our lives to where everything we do reflects holiness. That we have been set apart for God. In spite of the clear teachings of the Bible, it, it is really amazing to me that, you know, so many of us as as people and and as American Christians, we just don't see ourselves in this light. A survey published by the Barna Group a few years ago revealed that of the Christians they surveyed, only about half of them said that they knew someone who they thought was holy okay so to put that in the context here if I ask you do you know anybody holy only only half of you would say well I think I know somebody holy what's even more alarming than that 30 percent of them considered themselves to be holy only 30 percent of them said hey I think I'm holy so let me tell you we got a long ways to go in regards to holiness Let's see what our passage teaches us about God's holiness and our holiness. Are you with me? Yes. Number one, we are called by a holy God. That's what this passage tells us in verses 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, and God says this, read it, read it out loud with me. God's saying this, read it with me. Be holy because I am holy. So we are called by a holy God. Peter reminds us of this over in chapter 2, verse 5. He said, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are this spiritual house. We are a holy priesthood. He goes on and says this in verse 9 of chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people that belongs to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light so all of this begins with our God who is holy really holiness is one of of the awesome attributes of the God who calls us to himself and if we are thinking correctly about God one of the first things that we're going to think about God is that he's holy Now, in contrast to this, if if I ask you this morning before I started this sermon, describe God to me, most of us would say, well, God is loving, God is caring, God is full of mercy and loving kindness. He's He's the God of the second chance. And you know what? You're right in saying that. He is all of those things. But just as equal to those positive things, He's also holy and righteous. And He is a God of judgment. And if we're thinking rightly about God, one of the first things that we're going to think about him is that he is holy. Our God is totally different. He is distinct. He is untouched and untainted by anything that is impure and sinful. Yet that's not the way most people see God. A few years ago, Baylor University released the results of a study looking into America's different views of God. You say, Baylor? Well, Baylor started out as a Baptist school, all right? so, and they still do Baptist things. They, they had this study. They, they, they found that most Americans view God under four basic categories. I think, I think the number of these four categories totaled was like 94.5%. So most Americans see God in one of these four ways. They were asked to describe God. The the first group, the biggest group, 31.4%, see God as an authoritarian God. They see God sitting on the throne, that God is angry at humanity's sins, and he is engaged with humanity in an angry kind of way. He's this this righteous God sitting on a throne, and he has this this iron rod in his hand. And he's judging, 31.4%. The other end of the spectrum from that is 23% of Americans who see God as a benevolent God. They see God as this God who is forgiving and accepting of anyone, you're okay, I'm okay kind of a God. 16% see God as a critical God, that he has this judgmental eye on the world, but he's not going to intervene either to punish or to comfort. He's just got a critical eye. And then 24.4% see God as a distant God who is more of a cosmic force that launched the world and then left it spinning on its own. He's He is creator, but he's distanced himself and has no involvement in our daily lives, 24.4%. Really, what is amazing of this is that none of these views of God even remotely captures the biblical understanding of who Almighty God really is. A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy One said, neither the writer nor the reader of these words is qualified to appreciate the holiness of Almighty God. Quite literally, a new channel must be cut through the deserts of our minds to allow the sweet waters of truth that will heal our great sickness and flow into our lives. We know nothing like divine holiness. Holy is the way God is. To be holy, God does not conform to a standard. God is the standard. And, and our holiness starts by the calling of a holy God on our lives. It, it doesn't start with us deciding that that we want to be better or that we're going to be holy sure that there's a sense of determination involved on our part but it really starts with the call of god on our lives from a holy god and we've got to have that vision for who god is and what he has done in our lives it's like isaiah when he saw the awesome vision of god we need to have that kind of vision of god in our own lives you remember this. It it happened over in Isaiah chapter six. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphims, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one seraphim cried out to another, and this is what they said. In verse 3, they were calling to one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And and honestly, that's that's what's happening in heaven right now. Angels are crying out saying, Our God is holy. And here's Oh Isaiah the prophet. He steps into this worship scene in heaven. And he sees... A holy God. He hears the angels declaring, Our God is holy. And what does Ozi- Isaiah do? He, he stands up and applauds and says, Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. Wow. No, not quite. Here's what happens in verse 5 He cries out, Woe is me! I'm ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Here it is. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Let me tell you, it it changed his perspective. By the way, don't don't mistake holiness for a holier-than-thou attitude of self-righteousness. Because they're distinctly different. It was just the opposite for Isaiah he didn't he didn't see God and think he was so great he saw God and realized how miserable he was the, the holiness of God devastated Isaiah's self-righteousness it's this kind of vision of a holy God that that needs to be consuming us why because we've been called by a holy God yes our God is grace he's mercy he's love But he is holy. And guess what he's saying to you? You be just like me. Be holy. Number two, we become children of a holy God. That's what he talks about in 1 Peter 1.14. He says, as obedient children. So we are called by a holy God. And when by faith we respond to that call, we become obedient children. Some of you in this room are parents right now of children. Others of us are, are grandparents, but we, we still have kids that are grown. Do, 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 do y'all know the difference between an obedient child and one that is not? Can I get a witness out here? Does anybody know the difference? Huh? Huh? And here's what Peter is saying. We we are called by a holy God, and because He is holy and because He has called us, we become obedient children. Literally, the word means children of obedience. We become children of a holy God, and our new nature is to now obey our Father. That's the opposite of the way that we were before we got saved. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 2, you formerly walked according to the course of this world, you were walking by the ways of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? It's Satan, the devil, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of who? Disobedience. And this is what distinguishes believers from non-believers. Non-believers are called children of disobedience. You got it in your mind? Believers are called obedient children. The basic character of a believer is to be just like their father and obedient to their father. The basic character of a non-believer is to be disobedient to God. And as children of a holy heavenly father, our new nature is to obey our father. Anything less than that is inconsistent with who we are supposed to be, Christians. So we are called by a holy God and we become children of a holy God. But the process of holiness even goes deeper than that. Number three, we are changed by a holy God. The purpose of a holy God calling us to himself as children of obedience is for the purpose of changing and transforming us. Peter says it best in verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in, say that word, ignorance look at that word ignorance say oh preacher you shouldn't be talking like that that's, that's incorrect to call anybody out there that's mean you're being mean well it's the, the bible says you were ignorant right that that's what we were before we met god you were ignorant before you met god what does that mean we lived in ignorance we didn't know god we didn't know god's word we didn't know who god was We didn't know what he expected of our lives. And in this state of ignorance, we are lost and undone in our sins. And we live life driven by what he called in verse number 14, evil desires. That's the way we lived our life. In ignorance, we live by evil desires. The word describes our deep longings or lusts that are selfish and sinful. And these selfish and sinful desires are like a fire that burns inside of us and it is fuel that is fed by this world. And this world is warring against our soul. Look at chapter two, verse 11 of 1 Peter. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul and and you know man you know what i'm talking about you you face that struggle every single day why because we live in a real world and temptations are out there we see them visually we we hear them through our ears we feel them in our soul the the world calling us to sin and to live in disobedience to god every Every single day you've probably already faced that this morning there is a war going on in your soul but when we are called by a holy god to become children of obedience the change begins to happen inside of us we no longer conform to the evil desires we had when we lived in ignorance why because god has changed us he has made us a new creation old things have passed away and behold all things have become new that's why Paul could say in Romans 12 2, do not conform and it's the same word that Peter used in 1 Peter 1:14, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now how do we do that? Practically speaking, how do we do that? How does that change happen? How do we become holy people of God? How do we become more holy today than we were yesterday? Well, I I think we can learn from one another. How has it happened in the lives of people like Billy Graham? How did it happen in the life of of a young man by the name of William Booth? Do you know that name? He was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he was a man who who desired and hungered to be holy. He, He genuinely wanted to be a holy person of God. And at the age of 20, this desire for holiness consumed him so much that he wrote out, this is cool, Jason, he wrote out a covenant with God. And I want to read to you the covenant William Booth wrote, At the age of 20 simply because he wanted to be a holy man of God he said this I will number one rise every morning sufficiently early and have a few minutes not less than five in private prayer number two avoid all the babbling and idle talking in which I have lately so sinfully indulged Number three, endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of the bleeding Lamb of God. Number four, by serious conversation and warning, I will endeavor to lead others to think of their immortal souls. Number five, I will read no less than four chapters of God's Word every single day. Number six, I will strive to live closer to God and to seek after holiness of heart And leave providential events to God. And number seven, I will read this covenant over every day or at least twice a week. And then he said this, God help me. Enable me to cultivate a spirit of self-denial and holiness and to yield myself a prisoner of love to the Redeemer of this world. Wow. You know what, I, I, I think the gauntlet has been thrown out before us. We, we need to do something like that. If you really want to be a holy person you, and you really mean this and you desire this and you want holiness because our God is holy, you, you need to make some kind of covenant like that with God. I mean, just sit down and think about it. Lord. How, how can, what are the things that I need to be doing every day to make me a holy person of God? Ask God to help you make your own list, and then you just live it. We are called by a holy God to become children of a holy God and to be changed by a holy God. And then number four, we are consecrated for a holy God. Holiness means that I wholly belong to God. Did you get that? A little play on words. Holiness means that I am holy, completely belonging to God when something or someone is consecrated it means that they are set apart for the use and purpose of a holy God and here's what Peter said about that in verse 15 but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all that you do or as Philip's translation puts it be holy in every category of your life Every category of our life consecrated wholly unto God. Our thought life, our family life, our dating life, our educational life, our vocational life, our words, our bodies. It's all consecrated unto God. Why? Well, We need to remember what he said in chapter 2 verse 9. But you, raise your hand if you're a you, you are a chosen people you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation a people belonging to god that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light so god's grand design is to make you holy that's it be holy so i got a question for you as i close is the greatest desire of your life to be holy or is it to be happy if your main goal in life is just to be happy i'm going to tell you real happiness is always going to elude you why because that's not the way god designed for life to work But if you will make your main goal to be holy, just as God is holy, God is going to give you something far greater than happiness. God will fill your life with unspeakable, unexplainable joy. And his joy is a whole lot better than the world's happiness. Hmm. So let me go back to my friend Billy Graham what does it mean to be a christian well number one it means that you've made a choice you've decided what you're going to do with jesus you repent of your sins and you invite jesus christ to come into your heart some of you have never made that choice i'm asking you to make that choice today choose jesus today right now what are you going to do with jesus After you've made the choice and repented of your sins and invited him into your life, a change happens in your heart. It happens immediately. When you pray that prayer, Jesus, forgive me, forgive my sins, come into my life, the Holy Spirit invades your heart, and God changes you. You literally become a brand new person from the inside out. What, what is it that makes you a Christian? It's that choice, it's that change. And then number three, you accept the challenge. And God has given us the challenge in 1 Peter 1.16. He said to you, be holy. You be holy because I'm holy. And then in Hebrews he said, without holiness ain't nobody going to see God so so my challenge my call this invitation is real simple choose Jesus come today and make him the Lord of your life and accept that challenge accept that challenge to be holy I'm going to challenge you to come down to this altar and pray a real simple prayer Lord make me as holy as a saved sinner can be. Will you pray that today and mean it with all your heart? Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to our lives. Lord, wherever we are on that journey today, I pray that you would call men, women, boys and girls to yourself. We've tried to lift up Jesus, and the Bible says if we lift up Jesus, you, Lord, will draw people to yourself. And I pray right now you are drawing people to you. That there's going to be some who come and, and make that choice to follow Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. That some are going to experience that change that you bring through conversion. And that all of us would accept the challenge to take up our cross and follow Jesus. To be holy. Lord, help us to come and just pray that simple prayer from the bottom of our hearts. Lord, make me as holy as a saved sinner can be thank you for what you're about to do in jesus name we pray amen would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed soon as you stand up step out come on god is calling people today i know he is i know he is he's calling you don't hesitate don't wait come come right now come to jesus he wants to hear from you these pray at the altar, I'm going to ask Kevin and Leah if they would bring little baby Emma to the altar. Emma's going through some physical issues and problems. She's been to Children's Hospital and, and they have just given Emma to the Lord. They're trusting in the mighty power of God. If, if you'd like to come and, and pray with them today, you can do that right now. As the praise team continues to sing and God stirs your heart to come, Would you come and pray and join us here at the altar? do need you lord every moment of every day we need you and for those who are making it their choice to follow jesus i pray that you would just be with them and bless them as they repent of their sins and invite jesus into their heart i pray to god that you would change their life lord for the rest of us may we accept the challenge to become holy people of god may we mean business with that may we live for you lord I pray for everyone in this room, and right now, we pray for little Emma. Lord, you know that I pray for her every single day. And I pray right now, dear Jesus, that you touch her body and bring healing to her. Be with Kevin and Leah and the family. Give them the strength they need. Lord, we give this precious little baby to you. Touch her, dear Jesus. For we ask it in your name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you, Emma. I love you, baby. What a good girl. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. we serve a miracle working God don't we he has done is doing and will continue to do great things you be holy people as you leave today make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes it was greatly appreciated continue to support God's work in your church by giving if you notice when you walked in we got tables set up all through the lobby those are our different C groups that we're gonna have going for the next six weeks Um, each C group has a leader uh, you will see the leaders name at the table uh, the day of the week they're gonna meet and the location they're gonna meet so we got uh, groups that are gonna meet all through the week some on Sundays and different rooms here at the church some on Sundays and different locations throughout the week in different locations so you pick out one that is going to work for you and you sign up for that C group also you can pick up one of our books that we're going to be studying they're on the back wall in this room on either side understanding spiritual gifts so we're going to go into a six-week study helping you understand what your spiritual gift is sign up today next sunday the 19th all of that is going to start and we'll go for six weeks studying spiritual gifts this coming wednesday night look at me wednesday night David Taylor's going to be here. You say, who in the world is David Taylor? He is the executive director of Free Will Baptist in the state of Arkansas. He is a dear friend of mine, a great preacher, and he's coming to preach to our church. He's bringing his wife, Debbie, with him. And Debbie grew up at Kavanaugh. Back in the late 60s, her daddy, Wade T. Jernigan, was the pastor of Kavanaugh Church. And you may hear Debbie say Wednesday night, the best years of my life. We're spent at Kavanaugh Church. So come Wednesday for that. Then next Wednesday on the 22nd, we're going to have our annual church business meeting. So be praying about that. And uh, we're going to give you materials beginning this Wednesday night for you to look at before that meeting. Uh, ladies, if you signed up to go to Branson, I think a payment is due today. Heather Shelley is going to be at the information table willing to take that, uh, that payment. Also, pray for our group in Puerto Rico. Uh, Johnny and his group went uh, on Tuesday. They're in Puerto Rico right now worshiping with Pastor Jose. They've been spoiling those 31 kids at the school, uh, and they're going to be traveling back the first part of this next week. Then the day after that, we've got another group flying down to Puerto Rico that's going to be doing physical labor. So pray for those missionaries. In Puerto Rico, keep praying for one another. Do pray for Emma. Pray for her every day, and I would appreciate you praying for Brother Carl Cheshire today. Pray for him and his family. I love you. You know, I said that to the first service, and I had about seven people say, "I love you, Brother Will." I love you. Yeah, it's mixed feelings out there. I. I'm just going to keep preaching like I preach even though those who are experts in church growth say you don't preach sermons like that if you want to build a big church. People don't want to hear stuff like that. You need to hear stuff like this. We need to be holy people. Amen? You need to be different than the people of this world. So get out of here and go be holy. See ya.